Hi friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. Today we are bringing our Life Designed by God series to a close. We will be joined by the Reverend Jamie Kendrew, who will be sharing his personal testimony, as well as preaching from Psalm 139. Just a quick reminder that you can get the entirety of the series online at ccgf.org sermons or on the Christchurch app, which is available on Android and iOS devices. Here is Pastor Jamie with his message. Thank you for listening. You know, that last little baby that we showed in that picture there, her name's Madeline, Maddie, and she was born at, uh, towards the beginning of December, and about a year and a half before that, her parents showed up in my office, and they said, Pastor Jamie, we need prayer. Doctors are telling us we're never going to have kids. Well, don't tell God what he can do. <laughs> Because that little baby was born, and he gave those parents a beautiful baby girl. We serve a great big God who can do anything. And so listen to me. The way you view yourself is the way you view God. And if you look at yourself and you call yourself a mistake, or you say that I'm ugly, I'm gross, I'm stupid, I'm overweight, whatever it may be, listen to me. God has a very different message for you. Because God does not make mistakes. God loves you. God created you on purpose. And if God is as big of a God as we says he is, then that means you're kind of important too. Do you hear me, church? Today we're going to be talking about what it means for us to be truly pro-life. And before we do that, I just want to take a moment and say that as Greg and Molly DeFiore are going to find out with their new baby Maddie, being a mom and dad is tough, isn't it? Being a husband and a wife, that's always easy, right, couples? (laughs) But listen to me. Life is a struggle, and we need to, as men of God, to be struggling together as men of God. And as women of God, we need to be struggling together as women of God. But as families, we're going to struggle as well. It's a good struggle because we're striving to become like Christ. And as families, family is important. And I want to encourage you. Maybe your marriage is broken. Maybe your marriage is healthy. Maybe you're, you're that parent pulling your hair out. Maybe you're that parent with the perfect kids. Please write a book and tell us all how to do it. But I don't care what your circumstance is. We've got a class that I would really encourage you to participate in. My friend Dr. David Brewer is going to be teaching about the importance of building the foundation of your family on the rock of Christ Jesus. And that's going to start next week at 10 o'clock down in the fellowship hall. And so if you're looking for something to go to together as a, as a husband, as a wife, or as a mom or a dad together, go check out this class. All the materials are going to be provided next Sunday at 10 o'clock down in fellowship hall. And Dr. David Brewer has a great message. As believers, we're called to be in fellowship and community with one another. We're not called to be in isolation. When we're cut off and isolated, that's when we die. And so this morning, we're going to talk about something rather serious. We're going to be talking about pro-life and what it means for us. You know, this week on Tuesday morning, uh, my wife and I, she had gotten up. She was getting ready to leave for, for work, and I was having some coffee. And as I had the news on the TV, there was all kinds of just filth and stuff happening in the world when I caught out of the corner of my eye on the bottom little ticker a phrase that I, I, I didn't believe. And I actually had to go back and rewind it. And then I looked it up on the Internet. But did you know, as of Tuesday, there was a poll taken that that abortion is, is at the lowest rate that it has ever been in the United States of America. Praise God. And why aren't we hearing that story being told? 
That's a fantastic story. I I like to think that because of ministries like Choices and ministries like the Silver Ring thing, that the people of God are making an impact on the world. 200 and how many? 61 lives. Imagine half of this room being gone this morning. Those were the lives that were changed because the obedience of people following God and taking a stand for life, being truly pro-life. Because see, being pro-life is not just standing against abortion, but it's standing with those young men and women when they decide to keep their babies. And as people of God, we are not called to be protesters. We're to be like our God, and we're called to be pro-life in its truest form, which sometimes means forgiving those who have wronged us, or grabbing a hold of that young woman who's had an abortion and saying, God loves you. And I'm going to say this this morning. If you're sitting in here and you've had an abortion, you've been thinking about it, we're glad you're here. We love you. God loves you. And there is a better place to turn. Because there is hope in what God has to offer through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen, church? Well, let's pray and I'll get started. (laughs) Lord, we love you. I'm fired up, God. Pray that you will just speak this morning to our hearts in exactly the way we need to hear you. And that's going to be different for each and every one of us. Because God, you gave each of us a unique story that we're called to tell. And as I tell my story this morning, more than I'm preaching a sermon, I pray that you would minister to somebody, Lord, because this is the story you gave me to tell. And I pray that you would convict each of these people's hearts to tell the story that you gave them. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. One thing I want to make very sure before we get going, that we as a church and, 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 and as a Bible-believing person, I don't believe uh, that abortion is ever right. In fact, when you read in the Scriptures, there's this epic story where John the Baptist is in his mother's belly, and it says that he hears the voice of Mary, and, and from within the womb, John the Baptist leaps for joy. And I love that passage of Scripture because in the womb, John the Baptist, he's he's praising God. He's worshiping God. So don't believe the lie that life only begins when we come out. Because life begins when God says so. As a kid, I had a very hard time relating to my mom growing up. My dad was an abusive alcoholic. That's what I knew of him. He abandoned us. And we, for a season, lived with my grandmother, Chevalier. And, and we, we, we just had a rough time. And, and my mom and I never could seem to really connect. I, I always admired my mom because we needed a lot as a family. Uh, but she always sought the Lord. She was on her knees, and I would catch her doing her devotions, and I would catch her praying. But there was something about my relationship with my mom that we just could not connect My whole life growing up feeling like she didn't like me and feeling like maybe I was unwanted or like I just felt like like I don't belong. And I remember when I was about I was 17, moving into 18, I had this conversation with my mom and and it got real heated and, and, and we said gross things to one another. And one of the things I said to her was, You treat me like you don't want me, you treat me like I'm some sort of mistake. And when I said those words to her, she said, go get in the car right now. And I remember she drove me to the parking lot of the Tuscaroras Drive-In Movie Theater. Maybe some of you remember it out there in Beaver County. And we sat there in the parking lot and she said, I need to tell you your story. 
Because there's a lot of things that we've, missed, we've not connected over the years. And I need to tell you your story so that you'll understand what God's done in your life. And I'm mad. I don't want to hear it. She could say that I have a million dollar inheritance waiting for me. I didn't want to hear it from this woman at this moment. I'm mad at her. But then she started and she said, you know, Jamie, I, I married a man by the name of Ben Kendrew. And this was back in the 70s. Just keep that in mind. She said, I married him, and when I married him, I thought I was marrying a nice man who loved the Lord, but it turned out he was an alcoholic. And she began to tell me this story as I'm going to tell it to you. And you see, the man that she married was abusive, and he would beat her. And early in their marriage, they had a son by the name of Ben. And as Ben was born and developing, Ben then began to beat him and beat the mother. And, and so my mom decided that she was going to protect the life of her baby and she was going to divorce Ben. She was going to leave him. Even though the stigma that came with that back in the day was destructive to her, she felt rejected by all kinds of people. She made the decision that she was going to divorce him and she was going to leave him. And as a result of that, Ben beat her almost to the point where she died. She was hospitalized. Now, my mother comes from a family of 12. She has nine older brothers. And when you beat the, the sister of nine older brothers, frontier justice is about to happen. And I want to say this. When a wrong action happens, we have to be very careful not to repay it with a wrong action. Because just as much as every one of us says we want to be there, when that happens... It was still wrong. Just as answering a crisis pregnancy with an abortion is wrong. So my one uncle worked for the sheriff of Beaver County at the time. And he somehow weaseled his way into the prison cell to say, hey, we want to pay our brother-in-law a visit. Nine of them went down. And miraculously, the deputy on duty left the keys to the cell where my dad was being held. And they then in turn beat him within an inch of his life. Now, this has turned into a mess. And in order for my uncles to not have charges pressed, Ben agreed that if they would just drop charges against him, that everybody would just walk away from it. And I don't know how all that works, but that's how it's told to me. And that night, when Ben was released out of prison, he went to the home where my mother, Faith, was staying. She heard a knock at the door, and she came downstairs, and she went to open the door. And before she could open the door, he kicked the door into her forehead and knocked her out onto the floor. He beat her back into consciousness. And then he raped her. As my mom's telling me this as a young kid, I can't begin to tell you what's happening in my mind and the anger and the rage that is going on in my body. And then the words that she said next will forever destroy and rock and create and build in my life. When she said, and that was the moment you were conceived, Jamie. Instantly, I went into thoughts of all the unwantedness, all the mistakes that I thought I was that's true. And, and I thought, the only, I, I should just kill myself. In that moment, she said these words to me. She said, listen, you may not have been planned, but you were on purpose. And she began to tell me about how God does not make mistakes 
And in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, well, how did you even, like, what, what happened here? And she began to then tell me how all of her friends be, told her that she should abort this kid because, you see, this is just going to be a horrible reminder for the rest of your life, Faith. When you look at this kid, when you see this kid, when you hold this baby, you're going to be reminded of the evil that was done to you. And the world was telling my mom to abort the kid. And I praise Jesus she didn't. It was a good decision. Thank you. Please amen that. So she said, so in that moment, my mom, my mom reaches out to her mother and to her father. And she reaches out to her brothers and her sisters. And she says, I want to keep this baby. And thank God that she had godly people that she could turn to, who they talked about the story of Moses and how the Hebrew children were all being discarded by Pharaoh. But Moses survived. And my grandmother, Chevalier, began to talk about how God has a purpose for every single life. Listen to me, church. Even rape, abortion is wrong. Because God has a purpose and a plan for every single life. And there's this lie perpetrating the Christian community that we're pro-life, but if it's a rape, it's okay. No, it's not. On behalf of all of those rape babies, find them a home. Because we have a purpose too. And my mom turned to, turned to, to her faith and turned to her mother and her father and, and my uncles. Even though I didn't have a dad, I had nine of the best fathers you could ever possibly imagine. They taught me how to fish. They taught me how to hunt. They taught me how to, how to treat the ladies. They taught me what it was like to be a godly man. And though I lacked on this end, I had a heavenly father that cared about my life. And I had nine dads. And although my mother and I struggled for a few years, eventually our relationship would reconcile and God would do beautiful things in my family. My mother led me to Christ because I would catch her being who she said she was when she was on her knees praying for provision or praying for our next meal. We may have ate egg sandwiches for four weeks in a row, but God never let us starve. And the faithfulness of the prayers of my mom led me to Christ. Mom and dad, are you on your knees praying for your kids? Because I'm going to tell you right now, they're watching you. You are the best ministers your kids will ever have. Now I'm, now I'm going rabbit trails. So be it. Be real. Love the Lord. When it comes to being pro-life, we're not called to simply stand against abortion. We're called to stand with people like my uncle's who decided that they were going to stand with a woman who decided to keep a baby. You see, when we read Psalm 139, we see something very beautiful about ourselves. And, and again, I want to drive home the point that there's not an accident in this room. That when you look in the mirror and you call yourself or fat or ugly or stupid or, or whatever it may be, you're in fact insulting God. Because God created you this way for a purpose and a reason. And I don't care if you're overweight, underweight, you have special needs, you lift weights, you have no needs, you've got superpowers. I don't care what it is. God has designed you the way that you are with the sickness that you have, with the illness that you're struggling through, because it's part of your story. Whether that's divorce, whether that's addiction, God wants to use that to change the life of somebody. And he's starting it in you. He did not give you the story to simply go and die with it. He gave you your story so that you could glorify him, which is ultimately the chief end of man. Did you know that? Our job in this life is to bring glory to God. And how he does that is through each of our stories. 
Because you see, as Psalm 139 tells us, it says these words, O Lord, you have searched me. This is David crying out to God, and you know me. You know when I lie down and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. And he goes on to talk about how God knows every aspect of his life. Even when we try to hide from you, God, David says, you're there. Your knowledge, your wisdom, it's too lofty for us to even begin to think that we can comprehend. And David talks about the fact that God is a sacred creator. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe that God is holy? Do you believe that God is good, that God is righteous, that God is perfect? Because if you do, you just made a statement about yourself. Because when Psalm 39 teaches us in those first 13 verses that God is sacred, it goes on to then teach us that the sacred God creates sacred things. Did you know that you're made in the image of God? That when you look in the mirror, you're seeing an image of the reflection of God? You're beautiful. Who are you to tell God he's wrong? Who are you to tell God he makes mistakes? Until you get a promotion, you don't have the right to do that. Amen? Amen. Don't believe the lies that the culture tells us. Don't believe the magazines, the media, whatever is out there. You are beautifully, you're just, you're crafted together. It goes on to tell us that the, the sacred creator creates sacred things when it says these words. For you create, and these are the words my mother shared with me. She says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place. He goes on to say this. That all the days ordained for me were written in your book. Before one of them came to be. In that moment when I couldn't think of anything other than ending my own life. My mother read this passage to me. And it connected. You know when someone, when someone knits. It's, they touch every strand. It's not something that you just throw against the wall. And accidentally it comes together. When it says we're knit together, it says that God intricately pieced you together by name, on purpose, and before a single day took place, he knew exactly where your life was going. Do you hear me, church? You have a God in heaven that loves you. He is bigger than anything, and he is in control. You are created in the image of the sacred God. And because of that, you are sacred. And because we're created in that image, and because we are sacred, we're called to live like sacred people. We're all fallen short of the glory of God. And only because of what Jesus Christ does on the cross are any of us clean. But it goes on to say that we are to to act like the sacred. You know, David has this really gut-wrenching, visceral moment with God. When he cries out about the enemies of God and he literally says in the scripture, I hate your enemies, God. I abhor them. I want to see you crush them. But then he has this moment where he says, but search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. We are sacred creations created by the sacred And our job is to act like that. The Bible tells us that in gentleness and love, we're to restore our fallen brothers and sisters. 
And so when people are caught up in moments of their life where the only place they have to turn is to abort a child, where are the people of God coming alongside of them saying, there is hope? Where are the people of God saying, I'll adopt your child or I'll help you raise your child? Because if we're created in his image, we need to act like his image and we need to stand alongside the widow, the orphan, the needy, the poor, the broken, the lost. Do you believe that you're sacred? Do you believe that you're sacred? Then you have to act like it. Because when we act like we're not sacred, we make God a little God. He's not a little God. It's not easy to forgive, is it? It's not easy to heal those broken wounds, is it? You know, five years ago, I received a phone call from my brother Ben. I was on my way back from Philippi, West Virginia. I was with Leanne Rowland and Pastor Wade Ewing and a few other people when he called me and he said, hey, I just got a phone call from, from some authorities and they found our dad. And in that moment, this was another moment where my life goes flashing before me and all these thoughts and counseling sessions and conversations I've had and dealing with the trauma with my dad, it all came rushing back into me and I was feeling emotions that I had never felt. Now, five years ago, I was your pastor here. And so I'm confessing to you as a human being that in that moment, there was hatred. There was anger. There was sorrow. He said, they just called me and said that the dad is lying on his deathbed in Las Vegas and is his next of kin They're telling us we have to come and make the decision whether to keep him on life support or to take his life. And in that moment, I had one of the grossest thoughts I ever had. And that was ever since I was a little kid, I would love to hurt the man that hurt me so bad. And now my brother's telling me I can take his life? God quickly corrected my heart and quickly broke my heart, and as I continued to talk with my brother, we made the decision that we were going to go down there. And we were going to try to honor our Father like the Word of God tells us the best way that we could. So we flew to Las Vegas. And my brother Ben and my brother Smitty and I, we decided that we were going to tell him that we loved him. That we were going to tell him about the love of God. And we were going to tell him how he could be forgiven because of the blood of Jesus. And so we flew to Las Vegas and we we talked to him and we told him that we loved him and we told him that if he ever wanted a relationship with us, he just had to ask. And, And there in this room stood... Ben and myself and my brother Smitty around a dying man, a a rapist, a drunkard, a thief, a liar. And there we stood around him as he was dying, telling him about the love of God. And as I felt the life leave his hand, a thought crept into my mind that was so selfish. We had just prayed for this man. We told him we loved him. We told him we forgave him. And we told him that we wanted him to go with God. And in that moment, I'm thinking in my mind, here this man stands with his sons around him, dying a far better death than he ever deserved. And that's when God whispered to my heart. And he said, Jamie, you're going to die a far better death than you deserve. Isn't Ben one of mine? 
Isn't he just one of my lost sheep? Listen to me, church. You're going to die a far better death than you deserve. Just as my dad died a far better death than he deserves. And I'm going to die that death. Because you see, you have a God in heaven who is pro-life and he loves you in the truest fashion. He didn't just dictate to us from up on high. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come down and to restore that shattered image of God that you were created in, in each one of us. And I don't care whether you've had an abortion, whether you've had an affair, whether you're an addict, whatever it may be, give your life to God and he will put it back together and he will make it beautiful. Because you see, we have a God in heaven who loves us for who we are. He doesn't love us for what we'll become. He doesn't love us for what we have been. He loves us because we belong to him. And I loved growing up. My mom would say to me, you know why I love you? I would say, why? She would say, because you're mine. And I'm going to tell you right now, you have a father in heaven who looks at you and he says, I love you because you're mine. We're called to be the hands and the feet of God. And on the matter of abortion, we as a church need to get up out of our pews and we need to go be like my uncles and stand alongside of these men and these women who've decided to keep their children. Maybe you have some healing that needs to take place in your life first. Maybe there's somebody you need to forgive. Maybe there's somebody that you need to ask for forgiveness from. Maybe you need to realize that you're made in the image of God and you're beautiful, that you're wonderfully made, and that God never makes mistakes. And that you're on purpose. And just as Pastor Jared told us last week, there's a plan for your life. You have a purpose for your life. And it's to bring God God glory. I'm looking out here at beautiful people whom God put on this earth for a reason. What is your purpose? What is God calling you to? Maybe you need to learn to love yourself right now. Maybe you need to learn to look at yourself in a different light. Because God takes broken things and he makes them beautiful again. And maybe we just need to hear that I love you from our Father. Listen to me. You have a Father in heaven. And this is what he told me to tell you this morning. He says, I love you. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to listen to the lyrics to this song. And I pray God that would convict, he would convict you and he would minister to you and speak to you because you are wonderful. Not because of you, but because of Jesus Christ. So hear these words now.